Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread on this week's College and Pro Football Cards. One college football game, of which we'll talk and hit on a little bit later in the show, but basically a week filled with NFL football games as we come down the stretch here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. And with that, I want to welcome in our co-host, Victor King from King Creole Sports. Victor, first of all, congratulations on a great job last week in the totals tip sheet. I know your service did quite good as well. And with that, let's have some more winners this week. What do you say? You know, we uh, we certainly can't complain about last weekend. We, we both of us here, we had the remarkably uh, similar weekends. And I know Mark won't make a big deal about this, but he his service actually ended up going 7-1 and one over the weekend, 4-0 and oh college football, 1-0 and oh college basketball, 2-1 and one in the NFL. And uh, for both of us, it started with a Friday winner, in your case, Texas-San Antonio. And in our case, it was the under in the Oregon-Utah game. Saturday was fantastic. Uh, perfect 3-0 and oh for Mark in college football. The championship game of the year winner on Alabama in outright underdog fashion, along with the Raging Cajuns and also Utah State as well. For us, uh, we ended up using the App State-LA Lafayette game under the total as a play in our service, and we brought that one home. And we're also thrilled that the uh, uh, podcast listeners uh, got a nice piece of that game as well with both the Raging Cajun side and the underhitting. And then on Sunday, Mark's four-star NFL game of the week, Pittsburgh Steelers. It took a great fourth quarter, but they ended up beating the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, let's not forget the Chargers as well. So, again, it's something we can't complain about. It was a great start for the month of December on both our parts, and it's got me definitely licking our chops as we head into the second weekend of December. Second weekend of December also brings with it the college football bowl pairings. A total of 42 bowl games this year. 84 teams will be bowling this football season. And I can assure you all 84 teams are anxious to get the games underway. A little breakdown of those 84 teams that they're going bowling with this football season. One of them, only one of them, has a losing record, 6-7 and seven Hawaii, who will be hosting the Hawaii Bowl, as they seem to do each and every year. The other... 41 teams were all 6-6 and or better. Leading the pack was the Southeast Conference with 13 of their 14 teams that will be bowling this year. Only Vanderbilt failed to qualify for a bowl game. Second most teams out of a conference was the ACC with 10 teams that will be bowling this football season, followed by 9 out of the Big Ten and 8 out of the Conference USA, the MAC Conference, and the Mountain West Conference. So all in all, we've got a jam-packed bowl football season on tap this season. We're working right now as we speak to you on our college football bowl stat report. That's our pride and joy as we get ready for the college football bowl games, gathering as many stats and facts and pieces of information as we can. We look to have the college football bowl stat report ready Wednesday, December 15th, two days in advance of the first college football bowl game. If you haven't done so, I would advise you to get on board and order your copy today. All you need to do is log on at playbooksports.com, and it's $25 for the bowl report. It'll be delivered to you online Wednesday in time for the college football bowl games. Check it out, the college bowl stat report at playbooksports.com. And with that, Victor, I want to ask you your first thoughts on the college football bowl pairings this year. I mentioned that we had one losing team. We have a myriad of 42 bowl teams altogether, 42 FBS teams that will be in bowl games this year. What was your initial take on the bowl pairings as you saw them this past week? Well, we've come up with a couple of interesting new names for this season in terms of the bowls as well. Uh, the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl 
That sounds quite refreshing, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, we've got we've got one uh, a bowl game named after a late night TV star, the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl as well. Uh, for you uh, uh, tech heads out there, there is the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. And then uh, you got the uh, bowl game down here in South Florida, the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, <laughs> for those of you who need to uh, get your roof fixed. That's the appropriate place to do it, <laughs> South Florida, <laughs> right after right after a hurricane season. And in fact, just coincidentally, I'm replacing my roof here as well. So I'll have, to check out, I'll have to check out that bowl game <laughs> to see what I can do about doing just that. I'm just wondering, Victor, when, how long is it going to be before we're going to see a Kardashian bowl game right. where the Kardashian family puts their stamp on a bowl game and it will be filled with nothing but Hollywood's elite, all the who's who in the world of Hollywood attending a Kardashian bowl game. Don't laugh at that because it may happen sooner than later, just knowing the impact that the Kardashians have in the world today. And now, this week's rant from Mark and Victor. Okay, my rant is basically about those college football programs, and other major media companies that are aligning themselves with sports books. We've got today, as we're speaking today, the Sports Illustrated sports book. The revered publishing company, Sports Illustrated, now has their own sports book. CBS Sports has their own sports book. And I find out this week that, lo and behold, the University of Maryland has now affiliated themselves with points bet a sports book and that's a seven figure deal that maryland is doing with points bet to now be in the sports book world the university of maryland and i kind of think that's the tipping point that's getting to be enough is enough is enough now sports bet approached maryland with this idea and basically they sold them on the fact or they're trying to sell us on the fact it's probably more apropos on the fact that what they're doing is they are teaching responsible gambling to the university staff huh. and, the, and the students and the fans, okay? <laughs> 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 what a joke, okay? But Maryland is buying it or has bought it, and they're in for a mill and more, and that won't be, that'll be just the start of this, guys. We're going to see the Ohio State University Caesars Sportsbook plastered at all the football games. And uh, eventually, we're going to get ourselves to the point where, like when, I guess, alcohol came out of Prohibition, where we had all sorts of alcohol ads everywhere. We're going to see the same thing with sportsbooks here. And I think the time is getting sooner than later that we need to put a halt on this or put a lid on it at least. It's not good for the world of uh, the world we live in, and it's not good for our industry sportsbook because we're coming across as greedy pigs, of which sportsbooks basically are just that, greedy pigs. They're providing a service, but uh, what they're doing here is uh, destroying morale, integrity, and everything else. So that's my little bit of a rant in the world of sports books. Victor, I don't know if you want to follow up on that or if you just want to cross over to the NFL side of things, but I had to get that off my chest. No, I do a little bit. Uh, Maryland isn't the first team, unfortunately. Uh, they join LSU, uh, Colorado, the University of Denver, and UNLV as schools that have um, established partnerships with sports books. LSU did a deal, I believe, with Caesars back in September. Uh, Colorado, I know, partnered with the same company, PointsBet, back in the spring. Uh, University of Denver has a parts um, a partnership with uh, sportsbook operator Superbook, but yeah, I have to laugh when I get it, when I hear a comment from a, uh, a PointsBet CEO in which he says, "Sports betting education and safe gambling is key to our long term strategy, as is making a tangible impact on the communities we invest in." And that's why I say, "Ha." Yeah, just pony up your money is what we're looking for here, guys. Now, I will say this, just on a sidebar note, that uh, and Victor uh, called this out in in his total tip sheet this week, and we also made mention of it in our football newsletter this week, that Victor and I are now participating in something that's a lot of fun that we're doing right now these days. It's, a, it's an app called Superdraft, Superdraft Pro, and it's about fantasy wagering. Uh, daily fantasy sports wagering on this app. And what we're doing basically is playing the game, having fun, and making money. And our listeners out there can do the same thing. Just log on it, uh, if you would, at uh, superdraftpro.com forward slash K 
King Creole, K-I-N-G-C-R-E-O-L-E-1, King Creole 1, superdraftpro.com, King Creole 1, and you can register, play these games for free, and make money each and every day. And I have Victor slaying it right now. Uh, because Victor's a real good fantasy sports guy. He's a guru at doing all that. But you can do the same thing, and you can also make yourself a lot of money doing just this. Check it out at superdraftpro.com forward slash King Creole, C-R-E-O-L-E-1. Join Victor and I and have some fun playing these games all throughout the college bowls and the NFL football season. I know, Victor, you're having a good time doing it, and I'm doing just the same. Yeah, what uh, what I like about it, and, and I'm one of the guys who's I've played fan duels, I've played DraftKings throughout the years, and it always bugged me that I you know I couldn't uh, utilize a lineup with all the great name players because you have salary cap restrictions in some of these other DFS websites. But this is what separates uh, SuperDraft from the other guys is the fact that there are no salary cap restrictions. Your starting lineup can include any player that you choose. Uh, they are backed by the big bucks and the folks at Caesars Entertainment as well. Again, you mentioned we've been uh, testing it and playing it for the last like three weeks now. And yeah, I've done pretty good on it. Uh, uh, but it's something you definitely want to uh, check out here. Uh, both Mark and I signed up for their elite tier. But again, um, set your lineups, win some money, share it with friends. And again, if you needed any sort of uh, individual fantasy advice, you can also drop me an email at vic at playbooksports.com, and I'd be glad to help with any sort of uh, individual fantasy player advice. Well, uh, I'll, I'll say this, Victor, before we move over to the NFL side of things, and I'm having a real good time doing that because, number one, there's cheat sheets for people like mm-hmm. me who don't know a lot about sports fantasy, okay, or fantasy sports, I should say, but I'm making money, and it's like, wow, it's, it's not even so much the money that I'm making, it's the fun I'm having, and that's what's really, really good about it. So it gets you also into the game, I noticed this. If I play yeah. a Monday night football game or a week games over the weekend here, all of a sudden my ear is peaked a little bit uh, to find out who scored that touchdown or who threw that touchdown pass and so forth and whatnot, because every score means profit along the way. So, Right, like and every says, play counts, too. You find yourself paying attention to almost every single play uh, when watching like the Monday Night Football game with uh, New England and Buffalo. Exactly. In fact, I've done just that. I've stepped away from uh, in my office at home, walked away, came back, and had to rewind. I wanted to see what I missed. I would never have done that before in the past. So it's adding a whole new slant, I can tell you this, to watching sports, betting and watching sports, playing daily fantasy sports. I can understand what the, uh, what the love of it is for all the daily fantasy sports people that are out there. Let's switch over, Victor, to the National Football League side of things, where the race is getting tighter and tighter as we go on each week. And uh, I will say this, that uh, I have to admit, I was very, very impressed at what Bill Belichick did this past week in his game against the Buffalo Bills. We knew, Victor, and you and I were talking a little bit about it from a fantasy sports standpoint, about the players you're going to use in that game because of the high winds at Buffalo and how mm-hmm. he would attack the game and so forth and whatnot. And Victor, uh, he I got to hand it to him, he, he, he focused in on a key player that would be running the football, and he ran the ball, he caught the ball for a couple of passes and touchdowns and scored really, really well in the contest. But Bill Belichick just shut down the Buffalo Bills in that contest. And uh, the question I have to ask you, Victor, is the great job that he did in doing that. Can New England continue to play that way throughout the playoffs? Will they have enough offense to continue their march through the playoffs? You know, he not only shut them down, but he basically told them before the game what he would be doing for the entire game. And that's running the ball 47 freaking times compared to only three passes in the game. You talk about what New England can potentially do in the playoffs. We can start looking uh, ahead a little bit in terms of the playoffs because obviously New England's now the number one seed in the AFC Conference along with the Arizona Cardinals in the NFC Conference. And, of course, our buddy Jeff here in the office mentioned that uh, earlier today that you've got two teams who are number one in their conference who were not even in the playoffs last season. Hats off to both the Patriots and Arizona. And it's no surprise that the top two teams basically have the top two defenses in the NFL. Arizona is 10-2, and two, not because of their offense, folks. It's because of their defense. But I regress. I'm going to talk a little bit about the New England Patriots. Do they have the offense to compete in the postseason? And I definitely say yes. 
And I say that because, uh, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, something I mentioned in the Totals Tip Sheet newsletter in which I had a little quiz for all of our subscribers in the month of November in the NFL, who had the most yards per attempt? Which quarterback? Most yards per attempt. And it wasn't the obvious choices. It wasn't the Aaron Rodgers or the uh, 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 Tom Brady's or any of those guys. It was actually rookie quarterback Mac Jones of the New England Patriots. He had two months to learn the Patriots offense in September and October. They turned on the Jets big time in November. I believe that, they, yes, they do have the offense of chops to compete and win a few playoff games, yes. Great job, tip of the hat to Bill Belichick. He's proving why he is indeed a legendary NFL football coach. And arguably, I think when his career is over, there'll be a big debate about whether or not he is the best NFL coach to come across in our lifetime. Uh, there'll be a lot of conversation about that, but he'll also have the kudos and the credentials to back up that talk. Victor, what do you see in the NFL side of things this year as far as, I know we've been talking about the very low-scoring football games and the underdogs that have been barking most of the season. What do you see up-to-date heading into this weekend? Well, pro football, if you're a road dog and under better, then you've got a hell of a bankroll right now because that <laughs> that's what's been hitting big in the NFL this season. Not the best week last week. Underdogs went 6-8 and eight ATS last week. However, they're still... 107, 86, and 1 on the season. Much, much better on the road. NFL Road Dogs are 68, 44 ATS. That's a very solid 61% outstanding. And then uh, another low-scoring week in the NFL. Five overs, nine games went under the total. Average points last week, only 42.8. Again, when you consider last year, it was at 496 that's close to less than a touchdown a game compared to last season. In fact, one, two, three, four, the last seven weeks in the NFL, 42.8. These are the weekly league averages in the NFL last seven weeks. 42.8, The last week we had 46 or more average points in the NFL game was way back in week six, and as a result, there's been 83 overs this year, 110 unders, 57% for unders this year, 61% for road underdogs. Now you know who's got a big, fat bankroll. It's the road dog under the total betters. It sounds, Victor, like uh, you know, as we head into the playoffs each and every year, you know, the teams at this time stage of the season, I, that I can foresee making the playoffs are those that rank in the top 10 defensively because mm-hmm. that's what gets teams to the NFL playoffs is total team defense. And we're seeing a lot of that this particular football season, improvement in the defense and also equates in the over-under scoring. Uh, I think teams in general are playing a much better brand of defense in the NFL. And, you know, I don't know if uh, if they're attacking it that way because of a rules change or what they're doing, but uh, it is working out that way where defenses are dominating and keep an eye on that from now to the end of the football season because those same teams will be the ones that will be watching in the postseason. Before we go to a quick break here and move on to, we're going to feature two NFL games of the week, by the way, this week. Two because of the, only the one game in college football. But before we move on to those, a quick recap here of the NFL playoff picture heading into this weekend, as we'd like to do. The number one seeds are the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals. Both of those teams, as Victor mentioned, weren't in the playoffs last year. Number one seeds currently in the NFL playoff picture. Number two, the Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers, followed by number three, Baltimore and Tampa Bay. At number four, it's Kansas City moving up fast, quickly, and the Dallas Cowboys, who I think are moving down quickly. Number five, the L.A. Chargers, and also the L.A. Rams, number five seeds, both coming out of the city of Los Angeles. Number six, the Cincinnati Bengals and the upstart Washington Redskins. Number seven and final seeds would be Buffalo and San Francisco. The teams just on the outside looking in would include number eight, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia out of the Keystone State. Number nine, Indianapolis and Minnesota, followed by number 10, Las Vegas and Carolina. And then Cleveland and Denver, along with Atlanta and New Orleans, are just on the outside of the top 10. So keep those teams in mind when you're making out your tickets this week to move to the betting window on the NFL card this weekend. Don't go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear apart the first of our two NFL games. 
We'll hop out to the Queen City in San Francisco as we tear apart the 49ers-Bengals game. We'll do that and a whole lot more when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The only football newsletter in America devoted exclusively to NFL over-under totals. The totals tip sheet is a must-read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season. Get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from Victor King, the NFL totals guru. And enjoy the winners. You're listening to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Now, back to the action. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards. It's time for our featured NFL game of the week, one of two we've got on tap this week on the show. We're going to head out to Cincinnati where the Bengals play host to the San Francisco 49ers. Victor, how do you see this West Coast-East Coast matchup shaping up this Sunday? Well, it opened at 47 points, the over-under line, and has gone up. In the first couple of days of this week, the last time I looked, it was all the way up to 49 points. It's a pretty big swing and a line that seems on the high side for me. With that said, both teams are trending over as of late, and both have been involved in uh, quite a amount of shootouts, particularly over the last month of play on the season. The Niners come in 7-5 and five over under. That's 4-2 and two over under home, 3-3 three and three on the way, but 5-2 and two to the over in their last seven games. Cincinnati's a 6-6 six and six over under team on the season, 49.9 combined points per game in Cincinnati games. But like I just mentioned, 5-1 uh, and one to the over in their last six games, which have averaged a combined 56.5 points per game. Uh, very high scoring makes it a little bit more understandable that the over-under line uh, is as high as it is. Another thing about Cincinnati home games, they're averaging about five points per game more at home, 52.3 this year, than their road games at Cincinnati. The implied score based on the point spread, and it's been a weird point spread. Uh, Cincinnati opened up about a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite. They're now about a one-point home dog. Some steam coming in on San Francisco. But again, the implied score is San Francisco 25.0, Cincinnati 23.5. From the database, I've got a couple of systems that suggest, indeed, that we will see a high-scoring game. For an example, Cincinnati is wrapping up a three-home game-in-a-row stretch here. And NFL teams in their third straight home game off a straight-up favorite loss in their last game have gone 9-1, and 90% over the total when the OU line is greater than 41 points. Uh, both teams, of course, off straight-up favorite losses in the last three years. Uh, game 13 or greater, these are usually games in the month of December when both teams come in off a straight-up favorite loss, 7-1 and one over under. That applies to this particular game. The Niners, of course, were on the road last week and lost as favorites against Seattle. And I've got another 8-1 and one last three years. Game seven or greater teams off a division road favorite loss. That applies to the San Francisco 49ers. So, yeah, we've got some ammo here that suggests that we're going to see a high-scoring game at Paul Brown Stadium, also known as the Jungle at 425 Eastern Time. With that said, though, I'm going to hold off on making my move until I get a little bit more definite injury information. You know, Joe Burrow did hurt uh, the pinky on his throwing hand last week and then attempted, I believe, 22 passes after the injury at a percentage of only 58%. So he did suffer a little bit after injuring his pinky. He says he'll be fine this week. No problem. That's fine. I'm going to hold off till the weekend to find out how good that throwing hand really is. Not to mention the fact that the Niners could get, get back two key offensive linemen this week as well, center uh, Trey Hopkins and also uh, Riley Reef, the uh, right tackle as well. So we'll hold off on making any sort of play. We'll call it an opinion on the over right now, Mark, but we'll hold off until we find out how good Joe Burrow's hand is and maybe revisit the game here on Saturday. Victor's right now has a lean to the over, but he's going to hold off and wait and see exactly how things shape out from a player personnel standpoint before he makes that move. So check it out as we get closer to game time for your over-under move on this football game. 
San Francisco checks into the football contest off the loss at Seattle last week. That was nothing new, given the fact that they're now 2-15 and in the last 17 head-to-head games with the Seahawks are the 49ers. But that loss broke a 3-0 and straight-up and ATS win scheme that they were on. They looked like they were hitting on most of the good cylinders at the right time of the season. Still, they out-yarded Seattle, as everybody has this year. Seattle's now been out-yarded 11 straight games in a row this season. San Francisco enters with four consecutive in-the-stats wins running into this particular football game. The Niners also have won four of their six road games thus far this season on the scoreboard. And in fact, go back the last three years, you'll see San Francisco 16-7 and straight up on the road. Obviously, a football team that plays much better away from home than they do at Levi Stadium at home. The Niners have also dominated the AFC of late. They're 7-2 and two against the spread on the road their last nine games, including 6-0 and oh the last six. So they've really, really liked traveling to AFC destination sites. Cincinnati comes into this football game after a 5-2 and two straight up and point spread start to begin the season. They're now in a funk. They've gone two and three straight up against the spread and in the stats the last five football games coming into this contest here. They've also struggled against teams out of the NFC West. The last two years, they're 0-4 straight up and just 1-3 and to the number. And Victor mentioned about Joe Burrow's pinky. That pinky looked really, really bad in the football game last week. And whether it heals or not, it's not going to heal completely. And it's like a racehorse that enters into a big race. You don't want a racehorse nicked up or banged up. You want him in complete health when you're going to back that horse. And I can't back Joe Burrow in a football game knowing that condition or not even knowing the condition of that pinky on his throwing hand. The bottom line coming in this football game here is you've got Kyle Shanahan, terrific on the non-division road. He's 11-2 and to the spread his last 13 games when the opponent's off a loss including 6-0 straight up into the spread the last six games. I'll back the 49ers in this contest for my side in the big football showdown in this interconference matchup on Sunday. And don't go away, guys. We're going to do NFL Game of the Week Part 2 when we come back. We've got a big matchup in the NFC East Division battle between Dallas and Washington. We'll tear that game apart and hop out to Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. All new Playbucks tokens are here. Earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this week's NFL football card. It's time for our second featured NFL game of the week. As I mentioned before the break, we're going to go into the NFC East side of things where the Dallas Cowboys invade the nation's capital to take on the Washington football team. Victor, this should be a pretty good matchup on Sunday. Yeah, and we're going under in the game. Uh, it opened at 49. It's already down to 47 and a half. Get your action in as soon as possible. This was a series that we're going to be going against the numbers. That's for sure. It's been a high-scoring series between these two teams, Washington and Dallas. Uh, four and one to the over last five. Nine and two to the over last 11. An average of 50.8 points per game. Again, I'm going to be bucking it this week. You know, last week we talked the Washington-Las Vegas game. We were on the under in that one. It was pretty much never in doubt. Final score, 17-15. And obviously, you know, it, uh, it's difficult for Washington to score quickly. Uh, there was a point this season in which Dallas looked fantastic on offense, but I'm a little bit concerned on offense as of late from the Dallas Cowboys. We've got a one, two, three, four out of their last seven games, 20 points or less. Uh, one thing that we uh, talked about last week in terms of Washington is when you get a team off multiple underdog wins in a row, like Washington, now four underdog wins in a row. We always want to go low. In the last five years, NFL teams off three or more dog wins in a row have gone 0-8 over under when the line is 43 or more points. And uh, despite this uh, beautiful winning streak for Washington, they're still just a 500 team on the season 
in the last four years, game 15 or less, less than 500 or worse teams off three or more wins in a row, like Washington, have gone 3-17 and 17 over under. That's out of the database. Of course, Dallas off another one of those Thursday games. And we always take a look at those teams coming off that Thursday game. The database tells us that NFL teams off a Thursday non-division road game, like Dallas, who was down in the Big Easy last Thursday. They've gone 11-32 and 32 over the last six years, including 4-16 and 16 over under when playing off a win. Uh, of course, in their last two games, Dallas has allowed 17 points and 36 points. That's against New Orleans and Las Vegas. Already this season, NFL favorites who allowed 17 or less points and 35 or more in their last two games have gone 1-9-1 and one over under. Dallas road games this season are almost 14 points less per game than their home games. Home games, 58.5. Road games, 44.8. 14 less points per game when Dallas hits the road. Washington home games with an over-under line of greater than 44 points have gone a perfect 0-7 to the under in the last two years. Average margin. Minus 10.9 points per game. You know which way we're going. Dallas, Washington, under the total. I see the line going down even a little bit more, so you're going to want to get your play in at the current line of 47.5 points. Victor says get in the game right now at 47.5 before it falls even further as he goes under on the Cowboys-Washington football. I almost said Redskins-Washington football game on Sunday. And as far as this matchup is concerned, the Dallas Cowboys take on much the same look, in my eyes at least, as do the Cincinnati Bengals. And the reason I mention that is if you take a look at what Dallas did to start the season, they went 6-1 and one straight up into the spread, but they're on that same identical 2-3 and three straight up ATS and ITS in the stats slide over the last five games, just as are the Cincinnati Bengals. The Dallas Cowboys bring in the league's 27th-ranked defense into this game, allowing 372 yards a game. And they just also happen to be 0-4 to the number in their last four division road games. On the other side of the field, the Washington football team, they beat Dallas twice last year as a pick and dog in both of those football contests. So believe me, they're not going to be intimidated in any way, shape, or form coming into this particular contest. Their quarterback, Taylor Heineke is really beginning to come into his own, and i got to give a tip of the hat to him. He's a gutsy quarterback, and he's been just the perfect uh, magic elixir that, if you will, head coach Ron Rivera needed when Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, played his first game of the season and has been out all season since and will be out the rest of the year. The team is developing a lot of confidence behind Heineke right now as we're speaking. Washington brings in the league's number three ranked rush defense, and that rush defense keeps his football team in a lot of games thus far this football season. The Washington football team comes in here 4-0 and straight up and against the spread the last four football games, every win straight up as an underdog. That's all since their bye week. And in our database, we call it the fact that teams that are division dogs who are on a 3-0 and straight up an ATS streak with all three of those wins coming as an underdog, are 6-2 and two straight up and 7-1 and one against the spread in this particular role that Washington will dress up in against Dallas on Sunday. And with that, I'll take the points with Washington for my side in this football contest, for my side in this football game. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas for one of our favorite segments on the show as we join in with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And Andy, welcome once again to the show, and I hope your week was as good as you wanted it to be last week. Well, thanks, Mark. It's good to be back with you again this week. And uh, everything is looking fine except for the fact that although we have the uh, America's true national rivalry game with Army and Navy and the uh, uh, FCS playoffs down to uh, uh, the final uh, several teams there, uh, I'm going to miss not having the major college football that we've had for the past nearly four months. But... Uh, by the same time, uh, same token, rather, we've got a chance to analyze and start looking at all the bowl games, the parade of bowl games that actually gets underway a week from uh, this Saturday. And looking forward to some of the uh, more intriguing matchups, even something like Ball State and Georgia State uh, is attractive when they attach a point spread to it. 
Exactly right. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a Mac game, a Sunbelt game, or whatever it is. If there's a point spread on it, and if it happens to be on TV, it makes it all that much the better. And we're going to have a lot of TV games to keep our eyes on, Andy, with the college football bowl games upcoming, no less than 84 teams playing in 42 bowl games. So I guess we can withdraw from college football slowly over the course of the college football bowl season. Yeah, I love this time of the year. I love the fact that we'll have weekday bowl games that start you know, even uh, 11 a.m. or so Pacific time, a little bit earlier, uh, after early afternoon Eastern time, etc., and goes for basically uh, a two-week period or so, and then of course it all culminates with uh, the 43rd postseason game, and that'll be the national championship game between one of four. Uh, very deserving teams. We uh, will either likely see a rematch between Georgia and Alabama, or we might see a rematch between Georgia and Cincinnati, who played a very competitive game against one another uh, in last year's bowl season. I guess uh, Michigan will have something to say about whether or not Cincinnati and Georgia will get to meet. And uh, interesting lines with uh, the two SEC teams, solid favorites over uh, the Big Ten rep Michigan and the American Athletic Conference rep uh, Cincinnati, who carries a lot of weight on its uh, on their collective shoulders, the players and, and coaches do, to make a statement that the um, – that the group of five belongs as a participant. It's almost like back in the old days prior to the uh, the official start of the AFL-NFL merger where the Packers won the first two Super Bowls and NFL was having second thoughts. Do we really want to merge with this inferior team? And then, of course, the Jets followed the following year by the Vikings, put an end to that talk. Cincinnati gets an opportunity to effectively do the same thing for the college ranks uh, this uh, this postseason. Well, we'll be looking forward to that for sure. The college football bowl games upcoming, as we talked a little bit about that earlier on in the show. I'm visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, publisher, one of the finest football newsletters in the country. If you want to check out his work, log on at TheLogicalApproach.com and find out what Andy has to offer for you for the upcoming college bowl and NFL playoff seasons. And with that, Annie, let's move over to what we do each week on the show this week, and that's checking out the current updated status of the major contests in Las Vegas. I'm speaking specifically about the Superbook contest at the Westgate and the Circa in Las Vegas as well. What do you have, Andy, for updated results for our listeners out there this week? Well, the Circa Survivor Contest at the Circa, uh, which uh, uh, started with 4,080 entries competing for a guaranteed $6 million prize pool, actually winner-take-all prize pool, huge overlay. Uh, The field has been cut to 28 uh, contestants or entries still alive entering this past weekend. And, of course, remember, you can only pick a team once. They only have to win straight up, Not uh, point spreads not involved there. So here we are now uh, well into the season. In fact, uh, through the first 13 weeks, you had to choose 13 different teams. So the quality and quantity of teams available for the remaining entrants is uh, getting thinner and thinner each week. Uh, Last week, in fact, only seven teams managed to be selected. Uh, The the most often selected team, the Eagles. And of course, uh, they had their their big win with uh, the backup quarterback, uh, Gardner Minshew, going up against the the Jets. Ten of the 28 remaining contestants selected uh, the Eagles. Four were were winners with Kansas City. Three had winners each with the Miami Dolphins and Tampa Bay Bucks. Two winners had the Arizona Cardinals and one winner had the Indianapolis Colts. Unfortunately for five contestants, they were eliminated on the last play of the game between Minnesota and Detroit as five contestants lost on that final play with the Minnesota Vikings falling to Detroit, leaving 23 contestants remaining uh, for the final uh, part of the season as far as the Survivor Contest goes. As far as the main contest, the Circa Millions, uh, competing for $4 million uh, million plus, actually, in prizes. They had 4,087 entries. The consensus heading into last week of the top five selections, 34 and 27. This past weekend, however, just two and three for the uh, top five plays. Uh, the Dolphins were winners with the uh, number one uh, pick. 1,581 took the Dolphins, laying the short number of minus four, uh, which of course went up once the official note uh, news came down that Daniel Jones would be out for the Giants last week. The fourth most popular selection was also a winner with uh, the Washington football team uh, winning outright as two and a half point underdogs uh, to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the losers, the Buffalo Bills on Monday night. They were the second most popular selection, laying 
two and a half to the Patriots in a game they lost outright. The number three selection, the Denver Broncos, uh, lost uh, getting nine and a half at Kansas City on Sunday night and earlier on Sunday. And this is a very interesting one because this one could have gone either way as far as popularity goes. The Bengals and the Chargers finished within two selections of each other from being tied. The Bengals actually became the fifth most popular selection with 953 contestants uh, backing uh, the losing Bengals. 951 almost the same number did win uh, with 951 uh, on the Chargers uh, plus the three, which they didn't need. But for consensus purposes, I only consider the top five. So two and three last week brings the season-to-date record to 36 and 30, 54.6% by playing the top uh, five selections and any ties that may have occurred uh, just a little bit over break-even. Looking at the uh, main contest itself, the uh, Circa Millions, as far as uh, the leaderboard is concerned, uh, there are two contestants out of the 4,087 entries uh, who are tied with 46 of a possible 65 points. You get a point for a win, a half point for a push. Both of these contestants, 46 and 19 for the season. That's 70.8% through 13 weeks or 65 selections. Good enough uh, for those contestants to have a full one-game lead over six other contestants who have 45 points, eight more at 44 and a half, seven, uh, excuse me, uh, excuse me, four more at, uh, uh, two more at 44 and a half, nine at 44, all the way down to 33 who have 41 points, which puts them exactly within five points of the lead. So an 0-5 by the leader, a 5-0 and by those at uh, 41 points, and they could be either up there at the lead or uh, a lot closer than they are now, depending upon what happens to the, the uh, uh, to the folks behind the leaders. In all, that's 147 contestants within five select or five wins of the lead, and that's uh, those uh, forty, uh, those 147 contestants hitting at rates of 63.1 percent or better. It represents 3.6 percent of the entire field, so about one in 32, one in 33 entrants within five points of the uh, of the uh, of, of the lead. Looking at the two contests at the Westgate, the Super Contest Classic uh, and the Super Contest Gold, the Classic, very similar to the Circa Million, five selections a week against the spread. Uh, for that matter, so is the Super Contest Gold, five selections each week against the uh, against the uh, uh, static point spread line. Uh, the difference, of course, the Gold Contest, a $5,000 entry fee, winner take all. There are 87 contestants in that contest this year playing for $435,000 for one person versus 1,972 contestants who put up the reduced fee this year down from 1500 to to $1,000 uh, competing for uh, uh, 50 places plus ties that will uh, cash in that contest. The consensus going into the classic last uh, prior to last week was 2732 and won a sub-500 performance. They did go slightly better than 500 this week with the top five plays going three and two. That brings the record to a total of 30, 34, and one, 46.9%. Interesting split this week. Uh, the winning selections amongst the contestants, against the, uh, amongst the consensus selections, Miami, Indianapolis, and New England. The losers, Denver, and the team that that New England defeated Buffalo. So we had a tie, well, not a tie, but we had two teams facing one each one another uh, in the top five, almost like what we had between Cincinnati and uh, the Chargers in the uh, Circa contest. But here in the Westgate Classic, also very close, 496 on Buffalo, 492 two on New England. Uh, some places will uh, ignore that as far as the consensus goes. I've always uh, considered it a win and a loss for the top five and let the people decide who are going to follow the consensus elections how they want to play it. So 30, 34 and 1 for, this, for the uh, Westgate Classic, 46.9%. Uh, in the uh, gold contest, uh, there were winners with the uh, Chargers, uh, the Washington football team, New England and Seattle. The losers uh, with Denver and Buffalo. Uh, there were two con- two selections, Buffalo and Seattle tied for the fifth most popular selection at uh, 24 of the 87. So that's four and two uh, for the uh, gold consensus, bringing that record to the year 36, 31, and two. Again, several instances of weeks in which there were two uh, teams tied for the fifth most popular selection. 36, 31, and two, that's 53.6%. Looking at the standings 
first with the Super Contest Gold. The outright leader has a record of 42, 21, and 2 for 43 out of a possible 65 points. That's 66.2%. Good enough for only a half-point lead over one contestant in second, but then there's a gap of a point and a half or a game and a half to one contestant at 41. Another gap of one and a half to a contestant at 39 and a half. And three are at 39. That 39 is significant because that represents a rate of exactly 60%. So there are seven at 60% or better, but there are three at 38 and a half, one more at 38, making it a total of 11 contestants within five of uh, of the lead. So 58.5% right now has you in the Super Contest Gold within five of the lead. As far as the overall Super Contest Classic goes, one leader there with a record of 43 20 and 2, that's 44 of a possible 65 points, or better than 2 out of 3, 67.7%. Good enough for a half-point lead over one contestant at 43 and a half. Seven more, a half-point back at 43, all the way down to 41 contestants within five points of the lead at 39 points out of a possible 65, which works out to exactly 60%. So overall, 129 contestants are within five of the lead, and being within five of the lead means you're hitting 60% or better. And those doing so, that 129 represents 6.5% of the field of 1,972. So that's the wrap-up of the uh, four major contests sponsored by uh, two of the major properties in Las Vegas. Great job, Andy. We appreciate the update. As always, Andy Esco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas sharing that information with us this week. And, Andy, I know there's also advanced lines that come out of the Westgate Superbook each and every week, and you're kind enough to share those as well. And if you would, our listeners would love to know what those advanced lines are for next week. Yeah, next week being uh, week number 15 of course, these lines come out generally Tuesday, uh, which is about 12 days before the following Sunday. Uh, The the, uh, no games for week 14 have yet to be played. So all these lines are without knowing uh, the results of the games that will begin this uh, Thursday, uh, December uh, 9th. So taking a look at the games for uh, next week, it'll be December uh, 16th. It'll be Kansas City at the Los Angeles Chargers in an AFC West showdown. Kansas City, a three-point road favorite with a total of 49.5. Turning to the games on uh, that uh, following Sunday, December 19th, week 15, there are no longer uh, any buys. Washington at Philadelphia in an NFC East showdown. Philadelphia at home favored by 2.5 with a total 44.5. Interconference game, Carolina at Buffalo. The Bills opened 9.5-point favorites with a total of 45. AFC East, Miami, still in the playoff picture at 6-7, and seven, hosting the New York Jets. Dolphins at home favored by 7 with a total of 44.5. The Giants in the NFC East host rival Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys on the road, 10-point favorites with a total of 45. Possibly a Super Bowl preview. Both teams with records good enough to... Uh, suggest they'll be in the playoffs. Green Bay will be at Baltimore. The Packers on the road, favored by two, with a total of 45.5. Tennessee will be at Pittsburgh. The Tennessee Titans on the road, favored by 2.5, with a total of 43. Uh, neither of these teams will be in the playoffs. They are contending for the top draft choice at 2-10, and 10, uh, along with the uh, Lions at 1-10-1. Uh, and 1. Houston at Jacksonville. The Jaguars, 3.5 point home favorites total of 43 and uh, that's uh, interesting because the Jaguars were also favored over Houston in the first game uh, of the season with uh, Lawrence uh, quarterback and uh, and Urban Myers as coach so interesting for uh, a team such as the Jaguars being favored twice over the same opponent but nonetheless the Jaguars three and a half point favorites total of 43 Arizona will be at Detroit the Cardinals best record in the NFL at 10 and 2 Detroit Lions' worst record at 110-1. Cardinals' hefty 12.5-point road favorites with a total of 47.5. Atlanta at San Francisco with a 49ers favored by 7.5, total of 45.5. Cincinnati on the road at Denver. The Bengals favored by 3, 
total of 44 and a half. Seattle will be at the LA Rams. The Rams seven point home favorites a total of 48. And unless they flex out this game, which I believe it may be a little too late to do, uh, the New Orleans Saints will be at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tampa Bay favored at home by 11 and a half with a total of 48. And then the week 15 schedule concludes with an NFC North matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. Vikings at five and seven. Only a game lead over the Bears at 4-8, and eight, so although both are likely to not make the playoffs, this game is significant for those two teams. Minnesota, a four-point road favorite with a total of 43.5. Andy Isco doing a great job on the advanced lines coming from Las Vegas for next week in the National Football League. We enjoy catching up with Andy each and every week here on the show on our Vegas Vibe segment. And Andy, before we let you go... I know our listeners would love to know what you've got on tap this week. I know they're looking for another Pittsburgh Steeler-type play, which you cashed with last week. What would that play be this week? Well, this week I'm actually going with a home favorite because it's a really interesting situation coming into play. It's the Denver Broncos favored by eight to eight and a half over uh, the Detroit Lions. If you recall, Denver started the season 3-0 and by defeating the Giants by 14, the Jags by 10, and the Jets by 26. Now, in addition to a seven-point home win over Washington, the Broncos' other two wins were by 14 at Dallas and by 15 over the Chargers. So of their six wins, uh, five of them have been by uh, double digits. Uh, Of their six losses, Broncos 6-6, only one was to a team currently with a losing record, and that losing record happens to be a 6-7 and seven record held by uh, uh, Philadelphia. Despite last week's initial win, the Lions are in the former category of the weakest teams in the league that Denver has beaten rather easily rather than the latter. Denver has the ability in this game to dictate the pace. They've run for over 145 yards in three of their last four games while holding three of their last four foes to under 90 rushing yards. Now, Detroit allows nearly a full yard per play more than it gains. They also average an NFL low 9.5 yards per pass completion. Uh, very much in the wild card chase at 6-6. Six and six. It's an essential game for the Broncos to win with their remaining schedule featuring a game hosting Cincinnati uh, the next week. And then they end the season with three games with games against all three of their NF- AFC, excuse me, all three AFC West opponents, two of which are on the road. So any inclement weather as well would also favor the hosts in their six wins. And this is important to note as it might give some guide as to how you want to play the total depending upon the side you like. In their six wins, Denver allowed no more than 16 points to any of their victims. In their six losses, the Broncos allowed at least 17 points to each of their foes. And again, remember, the wins were against bad teams. The losses, for the most part, were to very good teams. So I've got Denver winning this game by by double digits, making laying the 8-8.5 to eight and a half, uh, certainly uh, defensible and justifiable. That was Andy Esco joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com. And don't go away, guys. When we come back, we'll put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week and complimentary plays from Victor and myself when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome Awesome. angle of the week. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the National Football League card this week, and we call it Make Your Move. And what this is, is any 500 team in the NFL in game 13 of the season, meaning they're 6-6 on the year, who was a playoff team last season, are going to play on this team if they're seeking revenge from a previous loss against today's opponent. 
Game 13, 500 on the season, a playoff team last year, and they have revenge. That combination has gone 18-3 and against the spread since 1990. That's a walloping 86% awesome angle play, and that play this week will be on the Cleveland Browns when they host the Baltimore Ravens in the dog pound on Sunday. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap this weekend. And Victor, if you would, share your complimentary play with our listeners as well. You know, can do. Before we do, though, Mark, we may want to spend a minute or two. You know, we usually cover the Army-Navy game at this time of the season. It's the only game in town. I understand that. But number one, Mark did basically an entire one-page write-up in this week's Playbook newsletter (laughs) on the Army-Navy game. I don't think you could do any better than that fantastic write-up. But you may want to have uh, a thought or two in regards to the over-under. You know, we always go under the total in the military college games, right? Air Force, Navy, Army, whenever they play each other, we always go under the total when the value is there. And we definitely have to use that caveat because there's no value this week, that's for sure. The line, the last time I looked, is down to 34 points. You thought 34 points was low in an NFL game? How about a college football game? That's amazing. It opened at 37. It's down to 34 Look, guys, I bet the Navy Army under every year. I'm not doing it this year. There's no value in the game. It could be a low-scoring 20-17, to 17, and the game would still go over the total. So for me, I'm not going to be playing the total this year because there's no value. If this line was 38 or higher, I would bet the under. I can't do it at 34 points. I know um, Army's off a shutout win in their previous game, And I believe you said something before the show that you did dig up something in terms of points scored in this particular game that might apply this week, Mark. Yeah, it's rather incredible, Victor. In fact, it's outlined in our midweek alert newsletter this week, and I'll share it with our listeners out there. pertains to the over-under in military football games. And basically, what you're looking at here is, as Victor mentioned, Army shut out Navy 15 to nothing last week. So I went into my database and started there and looked at military teams who took a shutout loss against another military team. And how did they do in the rematch? Well, in my database, we've only had two of them since 1980, but both of those teams who were shut out the previous year won the money in the rematch. Digging deeper, I went into another source to find out the scores of every military football game that was played since 1861. And in those games... There were a total of 29 games where one military team shut another one out. In the rematch the following year, the team that was shut out the previous year, in those games, they played to an average score of 11 to 10 the following football season. And you're taking a look now, 11 to 10. Okay, that's 21 total (laughs) points (laughs) they've averaged. Hmm, Maybe they will bet the under. Yeah. (laughs) So, and I can tell you this that the highest scoring game of all of those 29 matchups was 21 to 21. Uh, And you're taking a look here now, again, that's 34. Yes, it's a really, really low skinny total. But if you're going to get into the total, the only way you can look is the under. And that's primarily because of what we laid out in the football newsletter this week, that it's the makeup of these two football teams. They are... They're run-oriented attacks. They shorten the clock. They shorten the time of possession. And before you know it, the game's over. And that's what they're all about when they collide and go head-to-head. And that's one major reason why we see low-scoring totals in those football games. So that's what we shared in our midweek alert. I'm sharing with our listeners out there. And with that, Victor, I'm going to hand it back to you if you want to carry on with your complimentary play in the card this week. And again, you got to read the uh, the write-up in the newsletter as well for the Army-Navy game. Uh, it's the second oh, oh, time I'm, this I'm season. Gonna get, I'm going to get to that too, Victor, because I'm going to use that as my complimentary play. But go ahead, nonetheless. Beautiful. It's the second time this season that uh, you guys used a reference to the World War II film Patton, which is my favorite World War II film of all time. George C. Scott won the Oscar for it in 1970. So uh, another reference to Patton. And uh, when I get that in, I'm definitely all in. It's a fantastic write-up, that's for sure. But uh, for this week, we're going to give the ball to our K-9 Tuco for the third week in a row. And why not? He was on the Jaguars under two weeks ago. 
last week he was on over the total for the Indianapolis Colts. It took a late touchdown with two minutes in the game, but the Colts got 31 points in that 31 to zero win against the Jaguars. So we uh, played the right team over the total in that particular game. And for Tuco's play this week, he's going over the total for the Buffalo Bills. Tuco's going to stay in the Sunshine State this week. The Buffalo Bills team total is 24.5 points in their game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, it's the highest over-under line of the week as well, around 53 points. The timing is perfect. You know, Buffalo scored only 10 points on Monday night, and they're no strangers when it comes to shootouts, these the, these Bills. They've already had five games this year that totaled 56 or more points. They're a top-five scoring offense on the season, and in fact have averaged almost a touchdown more points per game on the road, 31.0, than they have at home, 25.0 on the season. NFL teams off a Monday division home game have averaged 30.7 points per game in their next game over the last three years. And on the flip side, I'm still not convinced that Tampa is an elite defensive team in 2021, I say that because their results, they've been skewed based on their easy schedule and opponents. Yes, in their games versus the bottom eight offenses in the league, they've only allowed 11.8 points per game. It's pretty easy to hold back the Atlanta Falcons of the world and the Miami Dolphins of the world and the bad teams that they've played this season. However, in Tampa's games against top 24 offenses this season, They've allowed 29.0 points per game, and Buffalo's number nine. So there you have it. Tuco's team total of the week, Buffalo Bills over 24.5 points. Uh, this week, we've got a selection in the Thursday night NFL game between Pittsburgh and Minnesota, a totals play, and that's already up at the playbooksports.com website. We've also got a big one in the NFL, our five-star NFL game of the month is a totals play that's going over the total as well. And that's already up at the website as well, playbooksports.com. So there you have it. That's our lineup. Tuco's playing the Bills over 24 and a half. And I think Mark's got a big game in the NFL this week too. I sure do, Victor. I'm going to use my featured NFL revenge play of the year this week. And it comes at a pretty good time, as you mentioned. We went 7-1 and one on our weekend last weekend. And this week it's part of a fan appreciation weekend including all of my NFL selections, college selections, and basketball plays from Saturday through Monday for just $59. Part of that fan appreciation weekend, you can get on board by logging on at playbooksports.com or give our office a call at 1-800-321-7777 for our $59 fan appreciation weekend of winners, including our featured NFL Revenge play of the year. I shouldn't say revenge. I'm sorry. I'm going to correct myself. Division game of the year. This weekend's card is loaded with division football games, and we got a beauty on tap in a division football matchup. That's our NFL division play of the year. Before I get to my complimentary play, I want to remind our listeners once again out there that our friends at mybookie.ag are offering once again a double your first deposit bonus. All you need to do is log on at mybookie.ag, use the promo code PLAYBOOK, and qualify for your double your first deposit bonus when you log on today at mybookie.ag. And before I get to my complimentary play, one quick note before we go out here. And Victor and I, we didn't mention this about the superdraftpro.com game that we're playing, the daily fantasy sports game, but it's unique in the sense that there are no salary caps. You don't have to worry about squeezing teams into making salary because they use something that's unique in the whole fantasy world. It's called a multiplier for each player, and it makes it st- stupid simple to play the football. If I can play it, it's stupid simple, okay? That's what's unique about it. So check it out again, as we mentioned earlier on in the show, superdraftpro.com forward slash King Creole, C-R-E-O-L-E, one, the number one, and check it all out there. I think you're going to like what you see. Now on to my complimentary play in the football card. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to go into that Army-Navy football game and grab the points with Navy in this contest for a lot of good reasons. Number one, This is an Army football team that comes into this football game with a bowl bid in its back pocket. And I love playing teams like this that are playing teams with a losing record that have nothing to play for other than knocking these opponents off. 
That's the role Army comes into this football contest with. And win, lose, or draw, by the way, guys, Army will still retain the Commander-in-Chief Trophy Award here. Even if they lose the game, they win the game. It's still going to be theirs, either outright or a co-title to the football or to that trophy. So they're not going to lose that Commander-in-Chief Trophy in this football game, regardless of the result. In Navy, you've got a football team here that when they come into football games, off one straight-up NATS loss exact, they are 18-5 and to the spread in this particular role, including a perfect 4-0 and against other military teams. You've also got Navy owning a 7-1 and spread record in this series against Army in games in which Navy has a losing record. And wrapping it all up, we note that head coach Ken Niamatololo has been terrific in his career with the midshipmen in games against teams that have a better record than he does. He's 40 and 21 against the spread in these matchups. That all points to the dog being live in this football game. I'll play Navy plus the points for my side in the Army-Navy Football Classic Showdown on Saturday. That's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Vegas for joining us. This is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.